0: The opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints expressed on this podcast by its creators and participants do not represent the opinions, beliefs, and viewpoints of any entity whatsoever with which we, the podcast creators and participants, have been, are now, or will be affiliated. Thank you.
1: American. Fuck that shit! Paps, Boo Ribbon!
0: These things are important to me. And believe it or not, you're important to me. Oh, she got hit by a car. She's dead. Oh, wow. Hi, welcome to Six Degrees of a Belly Dancer. It looks like it's just going to be you and me today. And if you are listening, I want to thank you because that means you're giving this podcast a chance. So, I am from Salt Lake City, Utah. Well actually it's brand price. Yeah, I live here in Utah, beautiful Utah. Yeah, when people meet me, they 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 say, Wow, I love Utah. This skiing is great. And I'm like, I wouldn't know. I've never been. I have never been skiing. And that's crazy to people because I live here in Utah in Salt Lake City, right close to these beautiful mountains. This whole state is probably one of the luckiest states to live in. It's beautiful. But I've never been skiing. Wait, no I have been. I have tried skiing. It was cross-country skiing. It was when I was 14. Yeah, that was the only time I've been. And I remember I did not even know it was cross-country skiing because I, I just thought we kept trying to get to the hill we were going to ski down and taking the hard way. And I was like, when are we gonna get there? You know, swishing back and forth, getting tired. And I was only 14, I did not know. That was the closest encounter to skiing I've been. Yeah, the, um, the Primary Children's uh, Psychiatric Ward took the kids out skiing that day for a reward. So um, when I was 14, I was in the on the inpatient, I guess they call it the inpatient psychiatric ward at the Primary Children's Hospital. And it was on the third floor. I think I got out before I turned 15 on my 15th birthday. I can't remember, but how did I get there at 14? This was back. This was. I guess it's the Shriners Hospital now. It was uh, the hospital up in the Avenues, and this was like 1989. But I had a I had a seizure on the UTA bus, and I remember how that happened. Um you know, I I was a crazy teenager, had a lot of energy, um, not too much supervision, and not my mom's fault. She was a single mom trying to raise three kids, and at this time, I had already been doing pretty much whatever I wanted. I was one of those teenagers who thought I knew it all. I mean to a point of stupid. Um, you know, my friends and I we would take a over the counter, tell you what would do, and I do not ever recommend anybody trying this, and besides you can't because they have changed the ingredient totally, probably because of this reason, but kids would take these motion sickness pills, Dramamine, uh, like 12 of them, overdose on them, essentially, you overdose on them, and it would make you hallucinate crazy crazy. Uh, Yeah, this is we're talking hallucinate, you think you're flying off, uh, jumping off of a... Like hallucinate. like you're smoking a cigarette and you're like, it's not even there. And I know there's other plants that do this to you too, but anyway, try and get high. We experiment and teenagers don't know consequences. At least I am one of those stupid teenagers. I look for a lot of excitement. I had a lot of chaos and you know, teenagers love chaos. And when you're not afraid of chaos, it's excitement. I mean, you, you kind of look for it and anyway we had done this a few times and done crazy things and a boyfriend of mine and me were at my house in West Valley and we were you know um, we'd go back and forth from the Liberty Park area to West Valley on the UTA bus all the time at that age um, anytime we wanted sloughing a lot and we were I remember the day it was uh, December 14th 1989 I believe it was the 14th, um, we were going to go to the Speedway Cafe and see uh, a band called GBH, and I still have that flyer. I think that's why I remember that date so much. Not because I had a seizure that day from overdosing on those pills, but my boyfriend didn't want to do those anymore. He's He smartened up probably a little sooner than I did because that encounter with that stupid over-the-counter drug it didn't stop there Yeah. one seizure did not stop me I actually had more bad experiences to come with that stupid thing because I was always trying to find a way to get away you know um and kids don't have money and like again very stupid stupid stuff kids do not even know the teenagers scare the hell out of me right they're not lying there they know no consequences and think they're indestructible. I obviously thought I was indestructible. Yeah, I can overdose on all these pills and I'll be fine. I'm just going to get high. Well, in that particular incident, my boyfriend and I boarded, I took a bunch of them. I don't know why I would even do that and want to go to a show because these shows are like hardcore. I mean, I probably would have been I don't even know. I don't even want to think about that because I didn't even make it there. We boarded the UTA bus in West Valley, and I had a seizure on that bus, and my boyfriend all is only a couple years older than me, 16 or so, he doesn't know what to do. I'm on the ground, on the bus. Um, at this point, we we're in front of the Valley Fair Mall, where we do a, we're supposed to get off that bus, and you do a transfer and get on another bus that will take you to the downtown area, or Liberty Park area, and, um, yeah uh, the ambulance had to come there and take me off of the ETA bus and I was well from what I was told from uh, my boyfriend at the time and also there was somebody else on that bus luckily it was a neighbor of mine that was on the bus at the same time at the same bus stop at that time he happened to have a pencil and while I was on the ground flopping around My boyfriend said I just just slid down in his lap and started foaming at the mouth and flopping around, twitching. The neighbor saw it, and he said, well, at first he thought we were doing something weird in the back, you know, and he was trying not to look. And then he heard me flopping around, and he came running, and he pulled a pencil out and held my tongue back from swallowing it, which is dangerous because I could have bit it off. Actually, uh, there's another story where I almost did bite someone's finger off same situation. Yeah, like I said, no fear, like you think you're indestructible at that age and do the most stupid things. Some of these kids out there, they don't know and they're not as lucky. But from that point on, my mom and grandma were already having some troubles with me, so they, from the hospital, after they pumped my stomach and I was in there trying to talk to the cops and hallucinating my ass off, I mean... Well, first I said I was going to throw up, and I ran out of the emergency room bed with no pants on and bare-ass kiddo running through the ER waiting room looking for a toilet because I just thought I was sick and barfed out all that charcoal in the lobby bathroom area. They took me back and they put the straps on my hands and strapped me down. Then they pulled that thing out of your nose and throat. Well, I guess they must have done that first. I'm so confused about all that. It's just such a weird, weird memory. They pulled it out so fast, and it hurt so bad coming out of my stomach that I was hallucinating. I thought they were pulling it out of my hoo-ha. And, yeah, that creep That freaked me the hell out. There's two cops there. Anyway, that was a whole situation, and I started to come out of it the next day and I knew my mom and my grandma weren't going to let me go home. And I was trying to get out and run away. I had a runaway problem. But yeah, they made sure I was contained and an impatient locked on the third floor of the psychiatric ward at that hospital. And I decided, you know, I'm going to do good. I started you know stretching in the mornings and they give you a breakfast and you play pool and it's basically a little daycare for you and I earned enough points that they'd allowed me to go out to see movies with the with the group and they said we're gonna go skiing and I was like wow this is cool and I was picturing me skiing down the mountains and I thought it's something be you know something I would like and no, it was that cross-country skiing, and we never got to the hill. And then at the end, they said, no, that was it. That's cross-country skiing. That's good exercise. You get out in the outdoors. And I was like, yay, at 14. Yeah, that's just, you know, teenagers. I, and that didn't stop me from that. You know, I, I always said, I'm going to go do good and change. But I, I had a very chaotic past. And like I said, that didn't. there was more bad experiences to come my way. But teenagers look for chaos. They are stupid. I was stupid. And when I got older and I took anatomy and physiology and I found out what was going on in my brain and what I was doing to my body, I was just sickened like no other. And, you know, I, I have kids of my own now. And from these bad experiences, I'm not regretting them. They scare me. But I make sure my kiddos don't take that path. And I know what kind of things they can get away with because I've been there and they couldn't get away with much. Ask them, no way. I was gonna, if I had to be the bitch mom of a lifetime till they were 18, I just knew they would thank me later. And I would never want them to do the stupid things that I have done. And you know, kids, my older sons, he'll just say something like something random that's so profound to me You know, it makes you realize that you actually learn from your kids, and there's a couple things that he has just, you know, blurted out and just, you know, makes you think, and there's one that that makes me think a lot. Just randomly one day, my older son is like, you know, you know what? Time is chaos. Just left it, and I was like, wow, okay. He's like, well, yeah, ever since the Big Bang, it's been chaos, and time is chaos, and it never stops and thinking about that and growing up it's like that's you're right about that I mean the minute you're born you're born into chaos and it's like you're always trying to at least for me always trying to find a way to organize it and live smoothly and bring your chaos and you just try to not live in it but you'll always be around it and a lot of this wouldn't have been so chaotic for me if there was like a structure and schedule, routine, growing up as a child, because you need that. And I think you just need it so that kids aren't thrown out into chaos, and not knowing what to do with it. If they have like a a routine or some sort of a structure, whatever it be, you know, it helps them become a person who can handle life a little easier, and I hope my kids can handle it a lot easier than I could. Yeah, I need a moment. (laughs) Okay, yeah, so that went really far out there. I guess I was just trying to make it really hard to just say, hello, my name is Shasha, and, um, my chaos began in Price, Utah, which is my way of saying I was born in Price. Ha ha, yeah. What was I even talking about? Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. So I've never been skiing. Yeah, we're more of a we enjoy Utah more in, on, like, the Red Rocks area. We're more of a southeastern, central Utah people. We go off-roading. We love to 4x4 off-road. We love trails. We love to explore new trails. We don't keep it in Utah. I mean, we've found great trails outside of Grand Junction, uh, really beautiful trails outside of Sedona, Arizona. Yeah, Nevada, California. We love to do that stuff as a family. And when I met my husband again, you know, I've known him before as a teenager, but it was just so great to find somebody who loves the same stuff as you. My grandma, my mom, and my uncle went to Grand County High School. That's in Moab. And I was born in Price and my grandma was a desert rat and she was a she was more of a hiker, even though she had an Eagle Scout and she had trail stickers also. She'd do a couple trails. Um, my husband was on those trails and he, he taught he taught me the the fun and adventure of off roading. And yeah, I love that kind of stuff. I just love it. And the areas we go I'm familiar with because my grandma took us hiking these beautiful places and I get to share it with my kids now so that's a little bit about me never been skiing but really love off-roading love enjoying those parks here in Utah you know arches and canyon lands and just beautiful Brace Canyon and all of the trails that are hidden throughout this whole state absolutely beautiful, but I have a big treat for you guys, enough about this garbage, I just got way too emotional in this, I mean, I don't think I've gone back to that weird story for so many years, whew, maybe I'll go a little bit more into that next time, because, uh, yeah, scary as that was, I'm really glad to be here, learn from it, mm. yeah, when we come back, I have a really Big surprise, because I cannot keep boring you for two parts of this show with just me. I'm going to have a special guest come in here who's very smart. And when I was a kid, I didn't care about learning about stuff. Who the hell cares about Gerald Ford when they are in seventh grade? Not me. Whatever. Well, now I'm older and I'm always like, hey, I want to know about this. Well, who do I go to? I go to the pay post because this man is smart. And I think it would be a good change of pace from our stories. But first... As soon as I get my head
1: around you I come around catching spots of you I get an electric charge from you a second hand living it
0: just won't do
1: It's wrong to make fun of people, you know, but it's so fun sometimes. I've written for some TV shows, and you know, on a major TV show, you have to be careful about what you say about people because a lot of people can get offended, or so it has been explained to me. (laughs) I was once, I'll tell you this, I was writing for an awards show once and I got into some trouble. I wrote a joke for this awards show that had the word midget in it. And someone from the network came down to our offices and he said to me, hey, you can't put the word midget on TV. And I said, I sure would like to. And he said, no, midget is as bad as the N word. First off, no. (laughs) No, it's not. Do you know how I know it's not, I said to him, is because we're saying the word midget and we're not even saying what the N word is. If you're comparing the badness of two words and you won't even say one of them, That's the worst word. (laughs) Also, I don't mean to gloss over what like little people have been through in this country, but you cannot compare the plight of midgets to African-Americans. That is outrageous. Midgets were never enslaved, unless you count the Wonka factory. (laughs) So we get into this argument, we're going back and forth. He goes, you can't put that word on TV. And I said, I want to. And he goes, if you put that word on TV, there could be a protest of midgets on this building. And I said, promise? (laughs) How tempting would that be?
0: To six degrees of a belly dancer. And like I promised, I had a big surprise for you. They have with us the Papos. <laughs> Why do I have the Papos? Well, let's just say now I find myself always asking the Papos questions. The Papos usually has all the answers. Sorry, Papos. Am I making your <laughs> head go like. <laughs> no, but seriously, you, uh, we had a very interesting conversation. And we started talking about uh, John F. Kennedy. And uh, my, I have a question. And you always retain a lot of stuff, so you just know things. You you were that kid in seventh grade wanting to know about Gerald Ford. So, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, well, I, I'm so lucky. I get a book report all the time when he reads a book. <laughs> and I, they're really interesting. You know, some things you hear and, you know, he kind of confirmed about the... <laughs> the
2: Edgar Hoover. Yeah,
0: okay, yeah, yeah. So... I'm wondering, JFK, okay, he was assassinated, but I have a question, why? I mean, from what you told me, he was basically a part of the mob, and this was like a mobster thing, and I've always grown up hearing JFK was one of our greatest presidents ever, and I'm wondering, how can everybody say that when there's all this dark history behind him? I mean, I have not heard anything like he was terrible, Well, he had
2: his good points, that's for sure.
0: Oh, wait, wait. And not only that, the cheating thing that you were telling me about. Yeah. Yeah. He was a big hoe.
2: Okay. Yeah. He always... He had a problem with cheating, and so did his father. A problem?
0: It's like genetic? I mean hereditary. Well, that's
2: just how he (laughs) thought it was normal, I guess. You know, it didn't seem to bother him.
0: Okay. Bad point.
2: And the mob knew that that he, that was his weak spot. If they could set him up with someone that's in their corner, then they could use that against him. Mm, and, just like
0: with the Hoover guy.
2: Yeah, they always want to find an angle or insurance, they call it. Well, to begin with, his father was a bootlegger in Prohibition and was in with all the mafia types because he was in the illegal booze business and made his fortune that way. That's how the Kennedy family got its fortune to begin with. Why
0: did Why did the mob want him in? Why did they want him as a president? Well, they made it happen, right?
2: Yeah, there was a lot of they got the the unions to all vote for, in his favor and he had a lot of backing that way and they figured, well, the family's in with him and he'd be their guy and he'd be, you know, less likely to fully investigate him and they'd have some favors.
0: Okay, and now why do we call him one of our greatest presidents?
2: He did have a have a tough stance on Cuba and the Soviets because we we're in a Cold War. And we almost went to World War III just in Cuba's waters over it. So he, he did have that to handle. Of course, that being said, he messed up the invasion of Cuba, which was to be done by rebels but financed and trained by us covertly. But that turned out to be a big debacle.
0: Any other good points?
2: Yeah, he did set a goal to get us to the moon.
0: Okay. And that happened. The closer you get to my alien family, <laughs> the better. Yeah, that he
2: a good point. he uh, basically put NASA on the map and and got them really going into the space program. And
0: now, was it really him? Well, or he was, was it the mob?
2: No, he he was pushing for that. Just and that falls into the Cold War thing. But the benefit is we've, you know, rocket technology goes into Cold War work, but yeah, you want, you want to be the first in space. It's propaganda win, I hmm. suppose.
0: Wow. That's a lot. That's a lot to soak in. Um, yeah.
2: The, the cheating thing you brought up before.
0: Oh, yes. You know,
2: everyone knows about, it's no secret Marilyn Monroe.
0: And who else did she have an affair with that was big, that she slept with? Oh, Oh, Monroe. Well,
2: well, uh oh. she she had had some something going with Sam Giancana, which was the head of the My Chicago husband. mob outfit, oh, one of wow. the most powerful mobsters at the time. Um, and I'm not too sure about the others, but the mob, the mob did plant someone with him, mm-hmm. set him up, and he did take the bait
0: mm.
2: with this other lady. Um, I don't lady
0: have, of the night.
2: Yeah, I don't have her name, but pretty much she was dating Sam Giancana and he told her to do it put her up to it and basically all they had to do is get her at the same event with them and he just he took the bait so they also had they had evidence of the Monroe Marilyn Monroe thing but they also had their own plant in there wow. that they could have used wow against him
0: wow so what what's uh besides the cheating, uh, <laughs> what would you call another bad point? I mean, <laughs> so, so did he have any other bad, bad, bad points besides, besides the personal business?
2: business? You know, he, he was a cheater. The mob got him in and he didn't really play ball either. And so he made en- enemies real quick. Oh,
0: well, well I, I guess, guess we, we all found <laughs> that out. First they all want him president, now they want him Yeah,
2: well, his his younger brother was uh Attorney General in charge of investigating and he was obsessed with prosecuting the mob and investigating him and they would they had told him you know we'll, we'll give you the support but he needs to kind of chill out with that and not investigate us so much and they were asked they were talking to Kennedy's father telling him to they don't want so much investigated anymore but so bobby kennedy and or i mean the kennedy senior and jfk were actually pretty angry with bobby kennedy because of his mafia investigations and they they told him he needs to end the investigations but he didn't he just kept doing it this was even before kennedy was president um, Bobby Kennedy had some investigations but after he's president he's made attorney general so he could really have some power and money behind the investigations and if anything he turned up the heat on the mob which infuriated him because here they have their guy in and they're getting prosecuted even more and so that angered Sam Giancana the, Sh- the Chicago outfit boss because he had given all the union support and made things happen in in the districts that needed to happen for him to get elected.
0: Hmm.
2: And the handling of Cuba lost the mob all their... They had lots of casinos and investments and their own banks and everything in Cuba. And after uh, Castro came in, Castro kept all that and they got kicked out. Oh, wow. So they lost... A lot of them lost their you know fortunes down there.
0: Mm-hmm.
2: And so they were upset with that and there was even there was even some talks with the CIA the mob was going to help assassinate Castro and they had different plans they just didn't think it could be a gangland hit so much but they did they did have some poisoning plans and stuff in mind that that never went through but wow they were gonna use mob hitmen to, to do the job.
0: Okay, that's our cue. <laughs> so that was that you did very good for just not even knowing what I was gonna ask you. So, thank yeah, you, and Grand Papos. Yeah, there's even more. Oh today. my gosh, there's so much <laughs> more. Okay. Thank you, Papos. Okay, yeah. So thank you, everybody. And uh, next week we will uh, be here with Tony and Tina. And thanks for listening to Six Degrees of a Valley Dancer with me and the Grand Papos push cord. Just kidding. I would work 24
2: hours, 7 days a week, just so i can come home and kiss your cheek. I love you in the morning.